This is Grandstand at Lunch. My name's Corbin Middlemass. On day two of each test this summer, we're speaking to a celebrity to share their love of cricket. There's some dishes that are freakish Frankenstein disasters. And quite frankly, that is disgusting. Disgustingly good. I've destroyed that because I don't want any of these guys over there to taste it because that is absolutely brilliant and inspired. Today's guest is celebrity food critic, writer, food journalist, television and radio presenter, most well-known for his work on MasterChef as a judge alongside Gary and George, and, of course, his cravat, which he's got on again today. Through those 11 seasons, he reached an audience of 180 million people across 110 nations. Those of you in Melbourne, of course, will know him from his work on Saturday mornings on ABC Melbourne with our great friend Catherine Murphy. He's also a cricket lover, which means... He sits alongside me for Grandstand at lunch. His name's Matt Preston. Matt, appreciate your time. I'm just, I'm just excited to be here in front of Jim Maxwell. I mean, that, yes. that's, that's, like a, that's like a moment. He's, a, he's an icon. He's an icon. Anyone who gets their own song, how many people in the cricket world get their own song? Jim Maxwell, Uzi, Bradman. Yeah, I, think, I think they're the three. It's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, pretty <laughs> studious group. Spent a fair bit of time listening to Jim over the years? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, and grew up listening to... Uh, Jim carries that, that torch that I grew up as a kid with with Arla and, and John O. And I'm amazed, because traditionally in the UK, when you have cricket commentators, they get bombarded with cake sent in by listeners. Yep. And I've got to say, I, I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing Jim with the sandwich, but I'm seeing no, no beautiful country-baked cake that's being sent in from, from Rackville or somewhere like that. It's a disgrace, yeah. Corby. We do get the knockover a little bit from the BBC effects with the cakes. Every now, I know we were in India recently for the um, test series. We had some cakes delivered to us there. Uh, so it it, uh, it does happen from time to time, but uh, yeah, more of more a BBC thing than an ABC thing, sadly. Uh, there, there's no sport that has a crossover with food quite like cricket. I, I can't think of another game in the world where you break twice a day to have something to eat. Uh, it's it's fantastic, and and that whole thing when you're uh, when you go and watch your kids, you know what you're going to serve for tea. I, I love that thing, and I love that that idea that you know, especially when the the English fans are out for the Ashes. It's impossible to get a, a table because where the MCG is, people just wander back, you know, up into town, come back about three. I mean, yeah, we were talking earlier on about, about where, where everyone was in the ground, and, and you can look out now, Basil Zampers would be delighted with the empty stands here, but we know where they are because they were, they were, they were there for the cricket. They're all, now, they're all now tracking down a pie, you know, maybe something uh, light beer, maybe something... Mm civilised to enjoy the rest of the game. Well, I've got a lot of fun stuff to ask you and for people out there that are preparing their afternoon tea at their local cricket club, I suggest that you keep listening because uh, we'll have some advice coming your way. But there is some sad news overnight uh, in, a, um, in an industry in which you've been in involved with your whole life. Bill Granger passing away uh, peacefully in London in a hospital surrounded by his family. Uh, he died on Christmas Day. D did you have much to do yeah, with Bill? I, I, look, I knew a bit when I was filming Masterchef and we started up in Sydney and I knew him through working with Delicious. He, his, I think his hotcakes were on the very first issue of Delicious that we published. So he's very much an icon. And then through the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, and through that, and he's very much a, you know, he, he's an interesting character because he wasn't a, a celebrity, celebrity chef, but he was undoubtedly one of the best known Australian, Australian cooks in the world. And his, his influence has been amazing in terms of introducing, you know, he came from Melbourne, he moved to Sydney, he brought really one of Sydney's first communal tables. He was the first guy to really champion the idea of concept of brunch, which is 
such a tradition here in Melbourne and really now around Australia. You know, he's, he's credited as, as popularising uh, avocado on toast, right. um, his creamy scrambled eggs, you know, Washington Post um, dubbed him with that title when they reviewed him in 93. But above all, he was just a really beautiful human being and, and very, very generous with his advice. And he was, at the, you know, at the height of the, the cookbooks, the TV shows, um, his, his Sydney empire at that time when I knew him best. And he was fantastic in terms of advice on, on what to do and how to deal with with things that were coming our way when we had him on, on MasterChef. So a beautiful, a beautiful human. Um, and, and his partner, Nat, was so much part of that amazing success story. You know, he's the, the restaurants in Seoul, the restaurants in Japan, the restaurants in London. It's, it's hard to think of, um, of, of another, another cook, another chef. And he very much always described himself as a home cook, but a, another, another cook who really has had that kind of influence Australian cooks had that influence on eating around the world I mean he's he's almost really like our Jamie Oliver to a degree mm. brunch feels like a great meal to champion if you're going to get behind one well look look I think so and I also love the idea that he always felt that cooking eggs was too hard and so, so hence why hence why sweet corn fritters became a, a feature <laughs> and again you know we, when you read when you read that that first book his book on Sydney on Sydney food um, you know, there, there are all these things that you'll still find popping up on menus. It doesn't matter whether you're, you're in Queensland or Western Australia or Adelaide. You know, these are staples. These are things we kind of take for granted now. But, but very much he was the guy who popularised them all through, through those Bill's, Bill's restaurants and cafes in, in Sydney. It's a, it's a great tribute and uh, our thoughts with Bill Granger's uh, family, of course, uh, at this time. He's sad passing in London last night. Matt Preston with me on Grandstand at Lunch. Australia all out for 318 in their first innings. Your love of cricket. So from England originally, been in Australia now for oh, 30 years, almost yeah, over yeah, 30 years. Right. Um, where did your love of cricket come from? Um, I, think, I think school and playing it and being a, being a terrible trundler. You know, ending up playing. I, I worked out quite early on that you didn't want to play in the seconds. You wanted to play in the thirds because the thirds just went out and played pub teams. Right. So we, 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 played, we played pub teams and then moved into playing, um, uh, you know, Sunday, Sunday league cricket. I mean, but again... So terrible. you're better off being a good player in the thirds than a bad player in the seconds? No, no, just be a bad player in the thirds. I mean, the, <laughs> but the problem with, with the thirds was we were, we were connected with, this, with, the, with the Sussex Cricket Club. So we had a guy called John Demon, who was a, a fast bowler coach. But he do things like you put the thirds, the firsts and the seconds in the nets together. So you're not facing the opening bowlers for the first. And then maybe a surprise would come down like like John Snow would come down and turn the arm over, which was even John Slow Snow. John Snow Slow was terrifying. Wow, there you go. That's uh, that's, a, that's a great love of, uh, of origins from where it came from. So you would consider you were to be a pace bowler, medium medium pace bowler? No, I, I, I'm, as long as I'd always get the hill was the rule. The hill and when the light was fading, the, yep. <laughs> that, that, that was the best time to bowl. I think this, <laughs> you've, you've picked up this whole Aussie thing well of just talking down your, uh, your accomplishments uh, on, the, on the cricket field. Uh, you obviously come out to Australia and you're seen regularly in the crowd here at the MCG. MCC member, uh, so you still get to plenty of cricket? Um, I get, uh, look, I've watched, I would say, because both my, my boys play cricket, I've se seen way more cricket, you know, in suburban grounds than I've seen at the MCG. I've seen a fair amount here in the Boxing yeah, Day yeah. Test. It's always great, great to get up to one day and some BBL is always fun. Um, although less fun if you're a Stars fan. <laughs> they, they had a win, which is, we, we celebrate the, the, little, the little victories these days. Um, but yeah, no, no I, I love that. I love that thing of, there's something beautiful about, you know, Saturday morning and that whole 
the coffee, the paper, the chair. Um, you, you, you don't have to be fully engaged. It's not like the football you've got to watch your son the whole time. you just got to, whenever they pick the bat, the bat, up, bat up or when they pick the ball up to bowl, then, then you can kind of be engaged. It's, a, it's just a beautiful and an amazing community. I think that's one of the, the things that I love about cricket. It's, a, it's the community that goes around the, those clubs, whether in the city or the country. It, it's, it's quite spectacular. And what was the last time you were at the MCG before today? Uh, might have been grand final day, might have been, <laughs> yeah, might have been. And, and I've just had, because I've, I've really, you know, we've been talking a lot with, on the Cat and Match on ABC on Saturday, it's ABC Listen app, you yes. can, wherever you are in Australia, um, and we were talking about, you know, the big, and it's been an amazing year for sport yeah. in Australia, I was in India when, when, we won the, when we won the World Cup, that was a very strange experience. You know, the, the, the Matildas, obviously, the, the dominant story. But, you know, the, net, the Netball World Cup was massive. But I'm a Collingwood fan, so to be here, having done an outside broadcast for ABC, you know, outside the ground, be able to walk in and see that win was um, and an unexpected win, I think, for many of us Collingwood fans. It was a, a fine, fine moment. Uh, there'll be people listening that are involved in cricket clubs right across the country, and they'll be thinking about their afternoon teas that they prepare at their local grounds. And for some right. players, they're yes. told to bring a plate and there'll be people that are due at grounds at 12 o'clock and they'll be thinking about it at 11.55, trying to rush in somewhere and grab something to prepare for afternoon tea. When you walk up to a spread at a local cricket ground, what should you see at an afternoon tea on the table? Oh, well, I think this is very controversial because I, I had a long debate with, with, with the woman I love about whether dimmies were, were a suitable afternoon tea at Kids Creek because you can get these, these like, thermos containers and you can put dimmies in. The kids love them. Yeah. But I, I'm thinking, and this is the challenge with cricket, isn't it? That with football, orange, you just got to cut the pithy bit off in the middle of your, your wedge of orange. That's what you got to do, maybe open a bag of snakes. That, that's your kind of limit. Uh, cricket, no, it's got to be sandwiches. I mean, uh, you yep. know. My, my English background says my English background says cucumber or, or tomato. Um, my Aussie background says undoubtedly undoubtedly chicken. In the little um, triangles. In, in little triangles. Yep. I don't think you need to cut the crusts off because the kids will throw those at each other. Yep. Um, and I think and I think undoubtedly undoubtedly some some slice because that's a very Australian thing. The slices and it's a, they're easy to make. Um, lots of tea, absolutely. Some 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 ridiculously orange. Um, uh, soft drink that's going to stain your whites, which is also <laughs> really important because you, the, the grass stains are one thing, the, 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 the terrible cordials another. Um, and, but I think I think that that's the thing now, and, and because you know you'll play with a whole kids from a whole range of, of backgrounds now, it's exciting to see see what gets brought on that plate. And I think that, that that that's what's exhilarating. The main thing is they they come off the ground, don't they? Boys, girls, they come off the ground like human lawnmowers, and they just they just they just gonna <laughs> roar through it, you know. So yep. I, I think it's probably like the like the media the media scrum here. The photographers uh, are normally the ones you gotta watch um, at sporting events because the photographers will just you know they, they are they are the loci of the um, of the sports world. So you have plenty of creativity as a person, let alone as a as a chef. So when you have to bring a plate of food, are you bringing something different every time, or are you bringing the same? Uh, thing? classic. It's a, it's not a place to show off. It's, it's, yep. it's a place to deliver something that's that's really delicious. There might be a little bit of you know, a little bit of mustard in the, in that egg mayonnaise sandwich. But I I struggle, I struggle to go past that classic combination of I'm a classic combination of, you know, a ham with English mustard, um, a, a, an egg sandwich. It can be a curry egg, but no sultanas in it. Um, just a simple white bread, cucumber, yep. cut thick. I don't mind some of the skin left on because I like the flavour. Salt, lots of pepper. And then just a tomato sandwich, but on a thick cut bread, fat slabs of tomato, really ripe tomatoes. The ones that you really kind of use, you would really use for sauce, use those. Some flake salt on there, a little bit of mayonnaise. Oh, heaven. Love yeah. it.
Love it. Uh, Australia all out for 318 in their first innings. Matt Preston with me on Grandstand at lunch. So if they invited you into the dressing room here at a test match, and they said, we need you to prepare the lunch and the teas for the two teams. Are you preparing something a little more upmarket for the test players compared to your local community club? And if so, what, what would you be looking to, to prepare? Gee, that, that, that's a big question. I think you've got to look at, look at what the players want. And, and I think that, that's the most important thing. As it is with anything, really, it's about you're not cooking for yourself, you're cooking for the people that are eating. So, so if, if, they, uh, if they have a shame warm predilection for baked beans, then, then baked beans are the way we're going to go. We, we might, you know, there might, be, there might be something else on, but you're not going to do, if it's a certain type of baked beans, they're, they're the ones you want to you deliver. I, I think that's the thing. I, I've, done, I've done a few president's lunches here for, um, for, for Collingwood, and, and the secret was, you know, half-time, you, you have to keep the traditions. You have to keep the pie. You have to keep the scones. You have to keep the sausage rolls. You cannot mess around with those. But you might, might throw some, I don't know, some sliders in there. And then, for the, and then for, the main, for the main meal, just keep it simple. I think often, you know, often just, just, a, half, just half a roast chicken, roast potatoes, you know, nice gravy, some peas. Who's complaining here? Yeah. Lovely crisp salad. I mean, I know that, that your your producer's a big fan of the a big fan of the, the pasta salad. I would be steering clear of the pasta salad because I think <laughs> I think I think they are. It is the devil. Um, but 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 a potato salad is great. But yeah, but but these but these players here, you know, do, do they really eat at lunchtime? Mm. Are they are they picking? You've been in the rooms, Corbin. What, yeah. what do you reckon? Are they? Well, Glenn McGrath said it was sort of certain times of the game. So if he knew he didn't have to bowl, he would absolutely. They, go they, in. If they wouldn't just be having a couple of bananas because that's yeah. what they always have. I think if they were bowling, he would go a little lighter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. I think I think the old days of sitting down to mm. you know, flagons of beer at, at, <laughs> at, um, at, at the lunch break is probably they're, they're probably gone totally. How do you go at Christmas time? So usually everyone's very excited at Christmas, and or well, some I, people love cooking, some people hate it. You, is it part of you, given you've done it as a profession yeah, yeah, for all yeah, these yeah. years, where you think, "Damn, here we go again," yeah. and everyone's expecting so no, much of me? No, look, look, look. I think I mean again, it's always a family thing. I, I'm a big believer in in delegating and splitting, and, and this year we were going to have Christmas with my with my my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, and so she did that. She delegated. It was great. We were doing the dessert. She's doing the savoury stuff. And then, then my, my poor mother-in-law got sick with COVID, and so we had to we had to stay where we were. Oh. So we had to do that thing of like, well, okay, well, we don't have any turkey, and we don't have any we don't have any green vegetables. We've got, we've got potatoes. We've got all the pavlova and the Christmas pudding. We have to do that that thing of meeting on a highway about halfway between the two and do a pavlova exchange. <laughs> so, so it, it is that it is that problem. But but, but look, I think. The main thing with, with Christmas now is all about leftovers. That's why I'm a huge fan of a of a small turkey. If you can have a if you've got to have a turkey, but if you but I'm I'm we had we had chicken because we had to because that's all the, we had in the in the fridge fridge. So we didn't have the turkey. We had chicken. It was delicious and it was actually I enjoyed it. And once you put the cranberry sauce and the the roast potatoes there, it's like I got in trouble because I, I I did want to cook the um I cooked the I cooked the beans and the the broccoli and um bit of chicken fat and chicken stock and I was told that that was not the way it is because right. Christmas is like cricket it's tradition yeah and you don't want to mess around with the tomato smash or the the Brussels sprouts or you know everyone's got a rule of what they have to have and you need to make sure that they've got that you've made your name as a food critic uh, and various programs and platforms across the country how much feedback do you get about your own cooking are people bold oh, enough my, to actually give you feedback? Oh, my, my children are certainly bold enough. And that, that's absolutely, <laughs> absolutely brutal. And I still remember, I think my daughter must be been at six and I'd made something, something undoubtedly, you know, 
maybe for the next cookbook, and she just sat there with a knife and she just flicked out, I think it was capsicum, flicked out the capsicum with the utter disdain. Well, like she was dispatching stuff to the, the, through the covers, like, yes. don't ever do that again. So each bit of cap capsicum span across to the edge of the plate. And I went, okay. So, yeah, look, I, I, I learned very early on from a, a great English chef called, um, called, called uh, Fergus Henderson, and his rule was you always say thank you, and if you're out, you always tip, and you always say it's great. Because no one really wants to, wants to hear criticism, especially not if they've just put in two days in the kitchen. Be grateful they've cooked for you. It's such a great thing that they do. Have you ever given some feedback and thought afterwards, oh, it's probably a bit harsh? Yeah, I did once call someone as welcoming as a barbed wire hearth rug, and I thought that was probably a bit brutal. <laughs> did you follow it up afterwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I did apologise for that. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, because that's the problem. And you know what it's like. You're sitting yeah. here, a great line comes to you, Corby. You yep. don't have time, you know. You, out no. it comes your mouth. Next thing you know... The text line is going yep. burko, and that's the joy about doing ABC Radio now. Is is the criticism of me? It's instantaneous, and that's and that that's that's very chastening. If you get it wrong, gee, people are going to let you know. Like for example, the fact they're supposed to be showers at 11, Corby. Oh. I mean, I, I'm just going to say at 11 o'clock, I'm, I'm going. Oh, okay, I'll I'll I'll, I'll relax a bit. Then there won't be no. I won't miss any play. Yeah. Um, beautiful day. Look at this. Who said there were four seasons in a day? There's only one season here at Melbourne. It's all summer today. It's been all dry. We haven't missed a, uh, a single ball. Uh, Matt Preston with me on Grandstand at Lunch on ABC Radio across Australia. Uh, the Aussies all out for 318 in their first innings. Um, India, you were there recently? You said oh, with, yeah, we were yeah. there. We were filming with 150 um, Indian crew. We were shooting a pilot with George and Gary, and it was... Uh, it was tense because, you know, we had, I think, like, we were to 8% chance being there. The Indians were so confident. They'd won everything. It was amazing. They were going to be great. And, and the, uh, they, you do that thing, don't you? When you when you apps on dogs, you just sow a seed. You say, well, the only chance is if we win the toss. Yep. And then, of course, we win the toss. So, and then and then it just starts to unfold. And then and then in the second innings, we had those couple of, you know, Warner went cheaply and they're, they're up and about again. And then and then then and then it just starts. And, and they're, they're, the Indians, Travis Head has a has an incredible power over there because of his performance in the World Test Championship. And mm. and that was amazing. And I think I think also after Maxwell's um, Heroics against Afghanistan. You know, it's that thing when you look. You looked at that at that one-day team, and the batting went so far down. And you saw, we saw Pat Cummins' heroics again. His heroics in in, in England during the Ashes. You know, they they they're going all the way down. So I think they, they. It was this awful moment when you can see something they really really wanted that they'd already they were already celebrating. They were garnishing the streets with um with, with banners. I think it was they were, it was already in that win and. Um, it wasn't to be. It was an amazing. It was an amazing thing to do. It would have been better oh. to be at the game, but um, probably yeah. a, bit, a bit more. And look, they're, they're, they're wonderful fans. They love. They generally love the game. And but but I but I, and I actually had this terrible thing. I got on a plane the next morning to fly down to to Mumbai, and um, and I'm sitting next to to ex uh, ex Indian wicketkeeper and chairman of selectors. Um, uh, and and I, I what do I say? What do I, I'm sitting in the same next to, so I can't talk. So I can't talk great. I can't say hard luck, mate, or, or stick it to him, because that would be unfair. Um, uh, yeah. and, and so I did well. So I said, oh, let's talk about something. We can't talk about cricket. So let's talk about something you're happy with. You love your Premier League. He said, I love my Premier League. I said, what's your team? And he went, oh, I'm a Man United fan. I went, well, you're, you're done then. Yes. You've, got, you, you've got pain everywhere you look. <laughs> Matt Preston with me on a grandstand at lunch, day two at the MCG. Now, I love... India. I was lucky enough to go earlier this year. Had a had a tremendous mm. couple of weeks there. I spoke to you about uh, my linen shirts that I took over there, which yep. was a bad idea on on ABC Melbourne. But Indian food, 
Incredible. Are you, where does Indian cuisine rank on your list and, and what are your particular favourites? Oh, look, I think Indian street food is amongst the best in the world. Um, I think it's an incredibly, you know, it's one of those things Indians, Indian talk about, Indians themselves talk about Indian food and you go, well, it's a bit like talking about European food. You know, there's, there's, there's such an amazing um, diversity in terms of ingredients, in terms of climate, that, that it's, it can be very different. You know, it's lang the language is different everywhere you go. The food is very different. So, so I think it's certainly, it's certainly up there. I mean, it, it wins on two ways. It wins on that that kind of really great street food um, area. But it also wins because it's got it's an, this very rich imperial past. India in the 16th century was what, was having the biggest GDP of any country in the world, bigger than China, bigger than Europe combined. So, so that meant there were the best ingredients were coming into the country, the best cooks were cooking there. So, you know, got this amazing history of kind of imperial food, like, like France has, like, like, um, like Turkey has, like China has. Mm. So that, that's always a, a, a good sign for a good cuisine. But it's just the street food. I mean, just having a, just the number of things you do with, you know, flour, you know, ground, ground lentils and a little bit of water. I mean, unbelievable. Just yep. and it's crispy and delicious. And so people would travel to India and think, oh, am I able to eat all the street food? Is it is it going to be okay? For yeah. you? you eat all the street food yeah, when you go. Yeah, look, look, look. look I'm, I'm 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 judicious in terms of where I go. You want you want a place that, that, that's busy with a big turnover. Um, I mean, again, you know, I I would I, I would favour some like a swatty snacks in, in Mumbai because I've been going there for you know for 30 years and I just love it and I've never got sick and so I'm very very comfortable with that. But yeah, you've got to, you know, I mean, fried stuff's always good. Stuff, stuff that's come straight out of the, the, the oil is also good. Nothing surviving in there. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think you've got to be judicious because you've got to, you're coming with a, with, a, with a soft Aussie stomach rather than yes. you know, <laughs> one that's been hardened. Uh, before you go, your new book, Big Mouth? Oh yeah, that, that, that was last year. That's done. Books, oh. books are only for Christmas. Right. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not like puppies. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I, did, I wrote a memoir. The only thing that didn't make it, I was thinking coming in, the only thing that didn't make it in was it being being there for, for Shane Warne when he bowled, when he, when he played against the Dutch of Norfolk's 11 on that very first tour, which was that 90, summer 93. And I remember cr and that brilliant thing when you, I mean that, it's brilliant coming to the MCG. It's such a beautiful place to watch sport, but to go to a small country ground like that, which is sold out and do that thing you can do where you can weasel your way, weave your way through the crowd. There's always space just up by the, by the boundary rope. And to sit cross-legged at the boundary rope and, and like, oh, is it going to be the flipper? Is it going to be the flipper? I mean, that, that's, the great moment of, that's the great moment of cricket. And the, the num I've, I've got so many of those kind of nerdy cricket nerd moments mm. that, that I just, just love. And it brings it all back being here. Uh, Big Mouth is the book. You can still get it. Yeah, you can still follow along yeah, with yeah. Your, your memoir, of course. We're happy to give that a plug. And just on the cricket crossover, I know you've struck up a good relationship with a number of cricketers past and present uh, which of the cricketers that you've come across in your town have been most fond of their f in your time have been most fond of their food oh look i think i don't i don't know almost i don't think there's anyone i'd rather have i went to the logies once i got sent next that next next to adam gilchrist on one side and mel mclaughlin on the other mel, mel's a font of knowledge on, on all sports especially soccer adam gilchrist is is just absolutely fascinating i think i think ricky ponting as a commentator is amazing I've, I've met him a few times, but there's something very special about Gilly. He's a he's a he's an amazing human, and uh, and he loves his loves his food. We went out to we went out together, and I time for last times in Perth had a beautiful meal, pasta, lots yep. of it, very good. He was my favourite player growing up. I was a, grew up in WA, and it's one of the you know how they always say the sayings about you know never meet your meet your heroes. He absolutely puts that 
miffed a bit. And and look, you know, I, I had an early thing trying to get Dennis Den Den with a friend of mine, Dan, Dan, Dan at the Brighton, the Brighton cricket game, trying to get Dennis Lilly's autograph, and and got very got, got a very short shift. From right. So 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 I've always been. So a, you're uh, saying it does happen. I'm I, saying I'm, I'm Adam bit, Gilchrist just proves it all. But, but Adam Gilchrist is is, is a great example yeah. of, of a really good human who also um, just happens yeah. to be the best wicketkeeper. What's how rare is that to think that you're on such a high level in one particular area that you can be the greatest wicketkeeper batter of all time and also be well, one of the top percentage of humans people come across and what a lovely guy. Yeah, look, look I think largely the, the number of, um, I don't know, we'll say it, but I think the number, the, the, the great celebrity, great celebrity tends to, to make people either much better than they are or much worse than they are and the majority of the time they become better people. Uh, you're in that bracket as well, Matt. It's a perfect segue as, uh, as a way to take us out. Thanks heaps for, uh, for coming in and being part of Grandstand at lunch. Yeah, Corby, just leave the weather forecast to the experts. Yes, right? I've been, I got it wrong today, didn't I? Yep. I was, that's, that's OK. said 11 o'clock showers. Yep. People like yourself thought, oh, I'll get there a bit later, and I've cooked it. But you said it with such authority, like you do. It's, and uh, you think I'd learn. I live in this city. You said 300 runs would be a good yeah. score. Here we are. Well, we've got his clear blue skies, which is good news, but uh, I'm not doing my bit to try and get people through the gate. I need to, need to get better at, uh, at that front. Thanks to Matt Preston. You can hear him, of course, on ABC Melbourne or through the ABC Listen app.